podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Gentlemen, welcome back to the actual bulletin. Since we last joined you um, ourselves last Tuesday, we have taken one huge step closer to the league championship, our 52nd league championship, under the man who was going to get sacked at Christmas. Um, and this Tuesday afternoon, joined by Patrick McGill. As always, Patrick, how are we getting on? Not bad, not bad. Always nice to be champions again. Yep, always nice to be champions. And special treat, um, I'm really excited about this because apart from Angie and Frank Trimbley, I think Jared's going to be the only other Aussie I've spoken to about Angie Postacoglu. So joining us from Melbourne is Jared. Jared, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. It's good to have you on joining us. Um, we'll get on to Angie Postacoglu later because I want to hear about you know what the media coverage is like in uh, Australia. At this point in time, building up to this, I see South Melbourne's always uh, also got an initiative going on for the next game that involves the hoops. But um, we'll start with we'll start with Saturday. Why don't we? And uh, Patrick, I want to come to you on this one first. Um, what's the goal? Pretty early on. Um, you know, I'm quite cool this season. I think just listening to Angelo makes me very relaxed and cool, and knowing that we'll, we'll get the job done. But um, my cousin Gary, you know, can be a bit nervous and at the game on Saturday. See them start to make faces and think, no, don't tell me this is going to happen here. But we went down 1 0 and um, got the goal back. But the goal starts, and again, you know, I don't think we can talk enough about Callum McGregor this season. He's been so important to us as a captain and as a player. You know, take all the leadership qualities out of Callum McGregor this season. As a player, he's got so much better. He's been so important to Ange. Um, but he wins the ball back. And you know it's a fabulous run from Jota. What, what was your take on that first goal? And it's not a foul, is it? No, no. Um, you know, Craig Gordon's complaining, but he, he does that for every goal that they concede. Uh, no, it's a fantastic goal, and you know Jota does really well because you know he goes by his man is and he gets in a really 
uh, a really good cross. Um, so, you know, it's it's fantastic from Callum because he really took the initiative in that first half because I think he said it himself in the post-match interview, we, we struggled a bit in the first 10, 15 minutes. We found it quite hard to find a rhythm. And, um, you know, he was getting stuck in. He was trying to create stuff, get the, get the team going, um, get the ball up the park. And, you know, it's... I think he's perfect for that role, personally. I think he, he suits that number six role. Um, he's my player of the year. He's my most important player uh, in the team. Um, so, a fantastic player. And that was a pretty good goal. All four goals were pretty good in, uh, on uh, Saturday, actually. But a uh, uh, fantastic drive from Callum. Yeah. Um, Jared, to, to come to you and Callum McGregor and... Alan in the, the comments has said his heat map uh, from the Hearts game was incredible. I noticed that in 67 he'll heal absolutely everywhere over the pitch. Um, I think the only touch he, he never touched the ball was actually inside of our box and obviously that's usually Starfield and Vickers. I think McGregor apart from Starfield and Vickers had the most touches in the game. Um, he's grown into that captain's role immensely. I was always fairly confident that he would do very well in it. All those years of experience alongside Scott Brown Um but just on him taking the whole captaincy and the leadership qualities out of it, I think he's improved as a player massively this season under Ange. What's your thoughts on that, Jared? Yeah, it's, um, I think we're seeing a, a jump forward in Cal's game in the same way that when Rogers came in, he took that massive step forward and then he's ended up stayed at, at that level and then he dropped off last season like everyone did and then he's made that massive jump forward again. So I think it's a combination of Okay, he's a senior player in the squad. It's um, you know, he's got the captain's armband, and there's the belief from from the gaffer that you're my captain. You know the club, get us going. And we saw that on the weekend with Kelmack. I think it was more he, more that he was refusing to lose more than anything else. Like he wasn't going to drop points. And he was just he did a shift there, which kind of reminded me of um the sort of thing you used to get from Bruni back and the Rogers era where he gets stuck in, wasn't afraid to leave a foot in if he needed to, but it was the whole mentally up here. He was like, we're winning this game. Get on, get on my back boys. Let's go. And that's pretty much what I saw from him on the weekend. And that's, you've got people who lead by being vocal and you've got people who lead by doing. And I think on the weekend, we saw both of them come together in a perfect storm for Cal Mack as a skipper and very happy with his season. My player of the year as well. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I think that's a really perfect summary, actually. Callum McGregor, you know, Patrick, we knew he was going to be a different captain from Scott Brown. Scott Brown, very vocal, very physical at times, but as Jared touched on there, you know, I think he has had that real mentality um, in his game this season. You know, even in Neil Lennon's last pre- uh, interview but with Peter Martin, he says that he felt sorry for Callum McGregor last season and he's outstanding. He's one of the, the best players he's worked with. And, um, you know, Ange came in, obviously inherited a, a team who'd been through a a really poor season, but I don't think Ange Postecoglou could have probably wished for a better captain, and probably you could have moulded a better captain in Callum McGregor. You know, as Jared says there, his belief in games this season has been massive, and even if you listen to him after the game, you know, he's talking about keeping a lid on things, and you've seen that this play, uh, season. The lost big figures, you know, in the past couple of years, Lustig left at the end of eight in a row, Brown left, we brought in guys like Hart, who's been a big uh, addition to the side, but Callum McGregor's been absolutely outstanding for me. Yeah, <clears throat> I totally agree. I mean, you lose your, your CEO, your manager, your long-time captain. Um, 
you know, those guys like Edward, who, you know, by all means is quite quiet in the dressing room, but the team probably always looked to him for a goal and looked to him for a bit of leadership. Um, as you say, Lustig, you know, Ayer at the back was probably quite a commanding presence. They always seemed quite vocal. It's you, you, you can't understate just how many leaders we lost last season. And for, you know, not just Callum, but for everyone in the team to sort of take on a bit of responsibility, you know, guys like Beaton and, um, you know, Carter Vickers and, you know, even Taylor as well to an extent. Obviously, Joe Hart helps. But I think we've done really, really well as a team this season. But going back to Callum, you're probably right. You couldn't mould a better captain because he's an outstanding footballer. He's arguably the best footballer in Scotland. Um, he's a fantastic leader. And, you know, as we've seen on Saturday, he's got a bit of bite about him like Bruni did. Um, he can, sort of, as Javid says, sort of put a foot in and try and win the ball back and drive the team forward. So... I think you're absolutely spot on. I don't think Ange could have been for a better captain. Yeah, and you know, I, I caught up with Hugh McDonald yesterday and we had a really good chat. Anyway, I was talking to him about Callum McGregor and I was saying I, I think he could play for any of the top four clubs in England. I honestly think he is that good a player. And, you know, Brown Warrior, one of our usual Tuesday contributors, coming in here in the comments to say that Callum McGregor is to Ange Ball what Pirlo was to Milan and Juventus uh, from deep. He's a metronome. In there, um, I totally agree with, with that sentiment. He's been absolutely fabulous this season. But Jared, another man who came in only in January, but has made a huge impact since arriving at the club, is uh, Dyson Maeda. And um, top, top finish at the weekend. I know people were talking about the chances he missed in the Glasgow Derby game. But um, the run from Jota is excellent. Um, but I thought Maeda... His positioning, his finishing, and again when we talk about Ange Ball and players, you know, he's, he basically plays three positions in a game. Maeda, he can play in both flanks, and he, when he goes through the middle, um, he makes those runs. And I thought that the finish was fabulous, and it's always nice to, to you know, I think he actually nutmeg Craig Gordon from the angle that I seen. Um, it's always nice. Yeah, it's funny with Maeda. Look, I've been hearing about him for two years. Like Liam on our podcast, he's over in Japan, and his local team, Matsumoto Yamaga, that's where Maeda played before Ange signed him to Yokohama before he's come across to Celtic. So I've been hearing about this guy from when he played for that local team going, oh, he'd be really great at Celtic. And it's great to see the way I felt about Ange coming into Celtic. Liam was the same with Maeda coming in, saying he could do the job, and it's good to see him hit the ground running like – He's got that turn of pace about him. He's got the work rate. Like there was one point where Atkinson, who played at Melbourne City over here, he's gone past Taylor and all of a sudden Maeda's at left back. And I'm like, huh, what's going on here? So he's putting the work in at both ends of the ground. But then when he gets forward, he's he's clinical in the box. Like I actually think he's more clinical than um, than Kyogo, to be honest with you. Kyogo makes a lot of chances, but he misses, he misses one or two a game that you'd think he'd get. But... Yeah, Maeda, he's not really missing much in the box at the moment, which is good to see. Yeah, Patrick, you know, I remember my dad turning to me at Fir Park in that, that victory, and he described him uh, to me at the games. It always sticks in my mind as a Rolls-Royce player. And again, I think, you know, with him, Hatati, um, O'Reilly, we've not seen a lot of the Gucci as of yet. Um, you know, we've not really seen the best of them just because they've not had that pre-season. And I think it's actually quite frightening to to think what we're going to get from these guys next year. And again, good business in January that, that we've got made on that option to buy deal too. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, he went through a, a bit of a tricky patch, Maeda. Um, you know, I think people were 
you know, myself included, by the way, people were sort of questioning whether he was, you know, the right player to be playing up, up top. You know, he played up top against Aberdeen, against Bodo Glimt at home. And we, we sort of struggled in those games, which I don't think helped him or uh, sort of helped his, uh, his sort of perception of the fans, if that makes sense. But, you know, since... Even since you know the sort of at the end of February, we've played him out in the wing, and although he does drift inside, and he, he presses all along the, the the back line of the the opposition, he, he's he's done fantastically well, and he's chipped in with the goals. Even though he's not playing at striker, he's chipped in with the goals, mm. and um, you know it's it's like Ange said a few a few weeks or a few months ago. I've never seen a player close down so many so many balls uh, in a game. It's it's totally ridiculous. I mean, I thought Kyogo was quite good at pressing the ball. I thought Stefan Johansson a few years ago at Celtic was quite good at pressing under under, under uh, Dyla. But this guy's absolutely next level. And, you know, I'm delighted that we're getting him on a permanent deal. And I think it's an absolute steal, him and Atate. Obviously, as you say, we've not seen Adaguchi yet, but the other two, and obviously Kyogo are steal as well. Um, so, excited to see them next season. Yeah, also excited to see if we, we do go back into the market the J League because you know so far we did very well there and it'd be interesting to see if the the price tags remain as low as they have been because you know I think correct me if I'm wrong Jared it was made I know what the the J League's top goal scorer last year with Yokohama Marinos yeah he was and uh, in I think it was equal second or third place was Kyogo even after half the season so that says it all but Kyogo what, what was been told is the highest transfer from a Japanese club to a European club was about £3.2 million. Now, the record on that is now Kyogo coming across to us at four and four and a half, whatever that was. So the fact that we're getting Maeda, we got him for, we're getting him for 1.4. We're getting, well, we've got Hatare for like one and a half or something like that. Not even a million for Itaguchi. That's an easy spot to go shopping for us. And Ange knows that market inside out. So that's going to be a positive for us. But Ange also has the knowledge of Korea. There's a lot of quality technical players there. There's a lot of quality technical players in the Middle East that he's spoken about, like Iranians and that sort of stuff. So he's got that. But then when he was also the Australia coach, his job for four years was to travel the world. And he'd go and do study things over at Germany because we had a lot of players over, I don't like, uh, Stuttgart and those sort of guys and the Dortmund and that. So he'd go and spend a week or two with them. So we'd see what's coming through there. He'd do the same in France. He'd do the same in Italy. He'd do the same in England. So he's got all that network. Plus he's got the city group links. He's going to find players. Let's be honest. It's just a matter of who's going to who's going to tick the box. And with Itaguchi, I see him as the rumours looks like Bitton's moving on. Itaguchi was signed as one for next year, probably with that in mind. Yeah, that's, um, you know, uh, uh, Patrick knows I've been banging on about you, Sukhida Gucci, and that's been the position that I've said I think you would slot into perfectly. And if, you know, the rumours are correct that, that Neil Beaton is going to be moved on, total agreement, that's where he's probably going to go. I mean, you, you put it like that, Jared, you know, his scouting expertise across the world, his relationship with Frank Trimbley, as well as the City Group, um, it's just about who ticks the right box. And Patrick, we've already heard that there has been players who haven't ticked the right box for Ange Postecoglou at Celtic. One of those men, scored last night for Sunderland at Hillsborough um, to, to put them into the, the playoff League One final and, and Paddy Roberts. So again, it's interesting that we're not just buying players for the sake of it. Um, and again, I've heard a lot about Celtic in Europe this season. 
due to what our competitors have managed to achieve in terms of getting to the uh, Europa League final. And people question Celtic's credentials just with the way we play football. You know, we're an open attacking football side. But I think it's just about getting players who can fit that system and play better. And when you get that right, it'll be a hell of a side. Yeah, um, I, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, it's all about what we do in the transfer window now, really, isn't it? And, you know, Roberts was definitely one of them. Uh, I mean, when you hear Ange talk about, you know, they can't just fit the system, but, you know, the person has to sort of buy into the club and what Ange's trying to do. And you think, well, any manager could say that. But when you hear about the, the Patrick Roberts stuff, I think that was just over a month ago that, that came out. Um, it shows that, you know, he's looking for... He's not just looking for a football player, he's looking for a person to buy into, you know, what the club's about, what the system's about, what the, the sort of football philosophy's about. And... Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a different comparison because he's already at the club, but I think we could see Chris Julian potentially move on as well, amongst a bunch of others. But, you know, I personally thought Chris Julian was a great defender, but it's quite evident that for whatever reason, Ange doesn't, doesn't see him as a, a starter. So I think he'll be wanting to be moved on as well. But, you know, as you say, you, we're probably looking to take the next step next season, you know, in terms of improving the team sort of, Try to make your mark in Europe because I thought we're, I thought we let ourselves down with Bodo, but I think we we get quite unlucky in the Europa League group stage. You mean nine points and you still don't get through? That's uh, I think that's some sort of record. But um, I'm I'm very excited to see the players that he brings in because, as Jared said, Korea, uh, Australia. We've heard them talk about. I think it's Iran before. I think we're linked to a strike in January as well. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be a very exciting transfer window and hopefully a very exciting season next season. Yeah, and it's always nice to get business done early. And um, if the news, if a Beaton does depart, we can uh, you know put to bed the claims that might be starting at centre back for us in the Champions League because it just seems to have become the norm for the big man. Um, Jared, the the second goal, you know, you've touched on Kugo for the hash there. Just makes a complete nuisance of himself in the box again. It's a cracking ball in from O'Reilly again. I thought he was outstanding at the weekend. He was dragging Hearts players all over the place. He plays that uh, position really, really well. And um, I was writing up a, an interview I did, I did with Peter Grant recently, and uh, I was reminded that actually the reason anybody's noticed the way he runs is due to a, a fracture he had in his back when he was younger, and that's why um, his posture's a wee bit different when he runs. But um, Get the ball in from O'Reilly to, to Jota's terrific. Jota obviously gets it back across the face. And Kyogo, you know, for a small man, he gets in the his head. And it's, you know, it just really, again, sums up the persistence of this team to want to get goals and want to win. But I think it all comes from the driving force of the manager and Callum McGregor, which I've already touched on there. Yeah, it's pretty... I'm going to sound a little cliche here, but we never stop. That pretty much sums that up the way he is. He is the epitome of that slogan. We don't stop. The way Jogo makes his runs, the way Kelmac works, it that's the way Andrew's teams have played for years. And, yeah, long may continue. But there's some comments along I've seen as well and what you guys were saying about people that won't be around and they need to be moved on, that sort of thing. And, I'm so glad the Paddy Roberts stuff is done with. I'm sick of hearing it every twelve, every six to 12 months. So good, that's done. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of Andrew's got to find not just the right players, but the right people. Like over here, I've said it in the past, and excuse my language, but we have a massive thing in Australia called a no dickheads policy. 
when it comes to sports. And that's what Ange has brought in. Like, he doesn't want idiots. He wants people who are going to come in and put the team first and work for the team and be happy where it's – look at a guy like Jackamakis. The form he's in, Kyogo comes back, he could have kicked rocks and really cracked it. But he's gone back to the bench and he's still doing his job when he comes on, letting Kyogo play. Like, that is the ultimate team player. That's what we need. And if you're not going to be like that, the door's that way. That's pretty much the way Ange would work. But, yeah, Kyogo – Decent player. Very happy with him so far. And that's uh, again, you know, Patrick, what, what Jared touches on there is about the squad and just how important that is. And again, you know, I think that's a really fair point in that, you know, Jacko's form post January has been absolutely superb. He has been probably one of the reasons why we were in the position we are. Um, and, and again, you know, it is important that we do get the right people into the squad, which again, it's a squad that is total belief in the manager. Everybody's bought into what Ange is doing. You heard Joe Hart speak last week, you know, I think Joe Hart said, you know, when he can make an old donk at me believe and be excited about football again, it just shows that the power of the man, and again, he is only just getting started, and that's the exciting thing about it. Um, I know Riley, you know, I've already touched on how good I thought he was at the weekend. His goal, the finish, the first touch is absolutely superb, and what a player he's been for for the second part of the season. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, there's a lot of people online saying he's a probably a twenty million pound midfielder, and I totally agree with that because he's one of the guys. You know, I'm not in a rush to sell any of our players, definitely not. But he's one of the guys that could go for a pretty commanding. He could command a, a high fee uh, if and when he eventually does leave. Um, Especially going to be a Danish sort- international too. Adding in, yeah, uh, that will that will come very quickly. I imagine. Um, as long as we sort out the contract situation and we don't let players leave with six months left because you know that really hurt us with Ryan Christie I think um, but uh, he's a phenomenal player um, you know I think we've got to give a special uh, mention to Jota's finish because he was onside and it was a fantastic chip over Craig Gordon but the linesman you know another honest mistake it never counted um, but Matt O'Reilly it, it's I'm surprised he actually dropped out the team, really, because, you know, Hatati, I don't know whether it's tiredness or, you know, the occasion, but there's been a few games against in the derby uh, recently where he's, he's he's not done that well, and he sort of tires towards the second half. Uh, so I'm, I'm surprised O'Reilly hasn't come in sooner, but a fantastic player. And it's good to have all these options, because I think we've spoken on here before. You've probably got about five players fighting for those three positions, and you'd trust all five of them. Um uh, but as you say, it just sort of builds into next season. You know, the, the excitement levels, uh, if we sign properly and if we sign early, because I think, you know, Carter, Vickers and maybe Jot as well, if we get those deals done early, um, I think we could we could be an incredible football team next season. Yeah, but we could. And, you know, we're only just getting started and we've already got two cups in the bag. And again, it's looking at making that progress in Europe trying to be a better team, you know, keeping that energy and, and level of performance up that we've come to know so well this season. Um, Jared, I thought Hatati when he came on at the weekend, looked a wee bit more like him, him himself, as if maybe just he did that wee rest. And again, you know, we've read uh, reports in Japanese media about, you know, adapting to the <coughs> culture of Scotland. He's came in very quickly and had to bed himself into that Celtic side. Um, what, what was your thoughts on O'Reilly and, you know, Hatati coming off the bench at the weekend? I think something you guys were saying about um, O'Reilly is kind of, I think he's finally the replacement for 
uh, Stewie Armstrong. That's the way I look at it. Like he's that that type of midfielder which we haven't had for the last 12, 12 18 months. So I think he's come in quality player. Gives us something a bit different. Like him and Rogic, similar roles, but they play different. So it's it's good to have they can play horses for courses there. In terms of Hatade, um great the player. I think there's a lot about him, but yeah, I just think he's running on empty because they play a full season in Japan. Now he's coming playing an extra six months here. I think we'll see a lot more from him next season. But yeah, on the weekend when he came on, he looked a lot better than he did the week before. Yeah, absolutely. Jared, just to quickly ask you, somebody is asking in our comment section about New Zealand, uh, if there's any decent players in New Zealand of note to, to consider for Ange Postecoglou that Celtic fans can look out for. I wouldn't necessarily say in New Zealand, but there is a New Zealand player who um, left. I'm just trying to get the guy's name for you quickly, that's all. Who left when... the um, He's a defender. Um, it's not. We can come back to uh, that one. We'll come back uh, to that one. Alberto Casasi, he's a decent defender who was playing at News over at um, Wellington Phoenix. He's now playing over in Belgium. He'd probably be my pick for the uh, New Zealand players. Typical. He's, he's a left back too, so there you go. There's that question answered in a position. I think some Celtic fans would quite like another player in too. Um, Patrick, you know, left-back Taylor, again at the weekend, top performance again, really top performance. I thought it was quite difficult to pick a man of the match at the weekend. You know, Callum McGregor, O'Reilly, Jota, Taylor, it could have been any of them. Um, again, you know, James Forrest comes on with, with Jack Amakis, good assist for Jamesy, and another great finish from Jacko. Another one-touch finish, good to see him get back to that. But again, you know what Jared's saying there, off the bench, still wanting to make an instance of himself and getting a goal, and it just wrapped up a really good performance and then, you know, what turned out to be a really good day and the scenes at the end will come on in a minute. But but Jackal coming on, really good goal. I thought Forrest did very well for the cup back too. Perfectly timed. Yeah, a fantastic goal. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, the, the sort of video of uh, McGregor saying to Taylor, you know, it should have been me, then you, then Jota for the man of the match. He obviously didn't agree with the... I don't know who votes for it. I think it's the Daffa Bay sponsors or something. But, yeah, but something like that. Uh, but, no, Taylor had a great game, you know, as you're... Both saying, you know, he, he just sort of gets on with Yakimakis. Um, fantastic player, fantastic finish. Really difficult finish, I thought, because I think it's still in the air when he hits it, and he's get, he gets a tremendous power on it as well. I mean, it's it, it rifles into the, the bottom corner, uh, right past Craig Gordon. I think it's the only goal that Craig Gordon didn't have a problem with. Um, it, it was he couldn't have a problem with it. It was totally legal. Um, but, uh, this was the second you know, goal, even though he admitted it was a millimetre over the line, you know. It's... Aye, aye. His complaint was that they couldn't see the millimetre. Uh, very good, Craig. <laughs> uh, like. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, Yakimakis, brilliant player. Um, got the better over Craig Gordon, so that's all that matters really, didn't it? Yeah, but Patrick, there's no love lost for you with Big Craig. I, I don't mind the big man and, you know. <laughs> um, it has been a great story since he came back. I know a lot of Celtic fans are you know, not keen on him due to the way he wastes time. Um, the, after he was penanked in the, the Scottish Cup final, his reaction to it and whatever else. But I always found him okay uh, any time I, I met him. So, you know, when Football Writers Player of the Year, I'm sure we'll get on to, to Football Writers. Um, it's been big news in recent weeks. But um, to, to just kind of wrap up Saturday's game, Jared, obviously myself and Patrick were at the game. You'll have watched on from, from Melbourne. How did it 
feel for you as an Aussie who knew all about Ange Postecoglou to watch those scenes at the end of the players doing that lap round the park because in the stadium was pretty special but I think everybody around the world and especially Aussies who knew all about Ange and told us all this guy was going to be a success at Celtic it must have been a really pretty special moment for you guys Absolutely Um, I've said before this season the players are so likeable there's no one there I really don't like and then with Ange coming in it's even more special so it's I've got this right up there and like I've been following Celtic since I was like five, six years old and yeah, this is going to be one of my top two or three seasons that I've ever seen, probably top two. But yeah, it's just unbelievable to see. And the support over here, it's just growing and growing and the coverage is getting more and more. And very happy Celtic fan right here. On that coverage, what what has it been like in recent days? Because I imagine there's going to be a huge Australian media presence at Celtic Park on Saturday. Um, and I also see that one of your local sides, South Melbourne, if anybody doesn't know, I think there's a link there to, to Giorgio Samaras' grandfather too, are doing a, an initiative. Um, let me see, I've got it here. It's simple, where you're Celtic kitten Friday night and get free entry to a huge class against third place, Avondale. But then we also hope Ange will have been crowned champion of Scotland. Um, that really says everything I think about Ange Postecoglou just now in Australia. And it's going to be nice to hopefully see lots of people um, at South Melbourne's game of Celtic tops on too. Well, at the last the last derby, at the couple of CSCs over here, especially the, uh, Melbourne number one CSC over here, they're at Turf Bar. And at that, that setup, there was just a bunch of South Melbourne fans coming wearing their South Melbourne gear, whatever, to watch the game with us. So, like, they're loving on us as much as we're like, giving back. So it's just the thing with Ange is... He's been at that club at South Melbourne for years. I first learned who he was when he took over managing there in like 96. Like that's how long I've been following Ange's career and watching him manage and all this sort of stuff. And it's just getting into the media side of it. There's a period there where we got no, no real coverage over here. Like all it is over here is mainly the EPL. That's it. And suddenly we're starting to get coverage all of a sudden. Like we got some coverage when Brendan Rogers went in and then it dropped off again when Neil Lennon was manager. And now, now Andrew's in the door. It's like there's articles, there's three or four main news sources, daily articles on Celtic or on Ange or on someone linked to Ange talking about what a great job he's doing or, or, or about his history or that sort of stuff. So there's always coverage and always mention of Celtic now. So it's like, oh, happy days. Makes it so much easier. Then when I first started following and you go to CSC and you have to watch a month worth of games on VHS tape that have been sent over. That's how it was back in the nineties when I started watching them. And now Celtic TV and the coverage and the internet, it's just so much easier. So just we're, we're privileged now as Celtic fans over here. But again, you know, it's still it's massive commitment to you guys getting up at all hours of the day, you know, yourselves and other Celtic fans around the world that, that want to get up and watch their team. And I think that's real testament to you guys, you know, for myself and Patrick, it's only 15, 20 minutes down the road and at times that can probably be a, a chore as a space if you're you're out on a Friday night like myself and Patrick were and getting up early on a Saturday morning with a bit of a sore head. But um yeah, I think it's real testament to you guys. And again, ju- just on that point, Jared, do you think that's one of the reasons why Ange, you know, on this big journey to, to Europe, you know, in terms of taking that step forward, I don't know why any other team never picked him up before it. 
and it's just kind of increased, you know, to an extent the popularity of probably football and Oz because I don't know too much about the complexities of it, but I don't assume football as the main sport in Australia. Would that be correct in saying that? Not at all. It's it's funny on the junior sports participation levels, it would be soccer and basketball are the two highest participated sports in Australia. Okay. However, at the senior level, and you've got Victoria, where I am, South Australia, Western Australia, it's the AFL, so the Aussie rules football. In New South Wales and Queensland, it's mainly the NRL, so the rugby league as the main sports. And then we're probably third, like football over here, the AFL is probably the third or fourth string. Because when you get to summer, you've got cricket and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's not the top sport, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, it's um, with Anthony's journey, as you mentioned on that, well... He's, he's said stories numerous times where his dad and him would get up middle of the night to watch their, their teams playing over in Europe in, in Greece and that. So he gets what we're all doing over here. He he understands it because he's lived that life himself. He's been there, done that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a commitment, but you do it for the team you love. Yeah, and I think even again, you know, on that, you know, Patrick, if we get the league wrapped up tomorrow night, even thinking Saturday, we've seen the players go and give the fans a performance because as Jared said there, you know, it's all about what it's like to be in those shoes of getting up in the middle of the night to, to watch players he's spoken about, um, you know, Kenny Dugleish being one of his first football heroes and stuff. So, again, it's just a really nice story, this. I don't think you can probably love the guy enough, probably come on a wee bit more to Ange Postacoglu. But I'll admit, the scenes at the end on Saturday, I, I did feel a bit emotional because it's been some journey this season. Not just because of Ange and Celtic. I think just getting back into the ground meant so much to us all. Um, July last year, just getting back in there to hear one more time playing, you know, that old Daft Punk classic that was a, a Celtic classic under Martin and Ale for many years um, playing. It just felt so good on Saturday and it was just as if you know, we're back and here we are and we're only getting started under Ange Postecoglou. What, what was your feelings at the end of the game on Saturday? Because I must admit, I did get a bit emotional myself. Oh, just joy and happiness and, you know, relief. And you know, it's hard to sum them all up, I suppose. I was delighted that we've won the league. I mean, that was definitely the goal this season and I'm glad we've managed to do it um, with, with games to spare, I suppose, because... You know what we need to do is, yeah, 100%. Oh, aye, every single game. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not games to spare, but as, I mean, as long as we don't lose both of our games and, you know, Rangers don't win 11 nothing in there too, you know, effectively the league's done with two games to go. Um, Should so Dallas come it's... out of retirement? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Please, no. No. <laughs> no, no, he's too that. busy. 
he's too busy on the after dinner circuit with other uh, individuals. He's got the next football writers award, I think. Um, no, no, it's a, it was a fantastic atmosphere, fantastic game. Um, you know, to see the the players. Uh, you know, I'm I'm right next to the standing section, so the players always you know get very close up and start you know jumping about and doing what they do. Um, I'm dying for Callum McGregor to do it one of these days. He made Kyogo do it on Saturday. I'm dying for McGregor to do it, do it one day. Can I mask reveal maybe at the weekend? You never know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Maybe we'll do it with a trophy. Uh, we'll never see. Know. But uh, no, fantastic relief, happiness, joy. You know, and we're, we're still playing really, really well. I mean, the first 15, 20 minutes were, were um, you know, a struggle, but I don't think we're playing badly. I think we just found it quite hard to break through. Um, it was almost but, as if we haven't hadn't woken up either. I don't think that early yeah, goal. So right, a right away too. Aye, aye, right enough. They were with us in Conley's on Friday night, weren't they? The players they hadn't woken up yet. Uh, no, uh, fantastic game, and as you say, you can't love the manager enough for him to come in and basically do it all on his own, convince the whole club to his way of thinking, and achieve what he's achieved. It's it's a fantastic achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not having conversations like we were last season about John Kennedy and Gavin Stanton. Testament to both those guys too, who have been an integral part. See, we managed to advance Postecoglou's uh, team this season. Jared, just before the finish on Saturday, also just Patrick's reminded me there, David Turnbull got a wee bit more minutes. Um, good to see him back. I think he can probably be an important player going into next season. You know, it was very important first half of the season. I think it's quite easy to forget that. Um, he's got a hat-trick, I think, against St Myrna, if I'm correct in saying yeah, I don't. I don't want to come across like I'm a uh, hypocrite or anything. I'll openly say that in our podcast group chat, I wasn't really liking Turnbull much in the first half. I was like, he looked a step slow to me, and he get the ball and he'd constantly turn and try to dribble rather than the one touch football that Ange likes. That's his game. But, then, but then, as the game progressed, he started to simplify his game, get the ball, control, next pass, move control, next pass, move. And as he started doing that, I was like, okay, this midfield is balanced now with Cal Mack, with him, with O'Reilly, and it started to work. But when he was getting on the ball and trying to beat players and turn and pass them, it doesn't really work for the way Ange wants to play. So, yeah, I thought as the game went on, he got better, and you can tell he's been out for a little while. But, yeah, there there were some good signs there. But first 25 minutes, half hour, I wasn't really liking much of what Turnbull was dishing out on the weekend. I think that's a, a fair assessment too. He made that wee shot. I think if you remember right, kind of outside the boot, easy enough safe for Craig Gordon. But um, yeah, I think it's about him being balanced. And again, I think there's still a lot of development to go in his game. Past it, you know, he came into Celtic after you know that horror, you know, injury that he had. You know, we were meant to see sign him in 2019, uh, never happened. Came in in 2020, went into a team that was. Complete disaster. I think Met the Watch is probably one of the standouts in that team. And again, it'll be just about development. I think there's still a lot to come from from David Turnbull. Um, to go on to the, the Football Writers Awards, I think it's right that we do chat about this. And Ange Postacoglu has touched on it today. I'm going to come to you, Patrick, on it. Um, Ange said you can treat it as a little bit of controversy or you can treat it as a moment where you can be better. There's an opportunity there to learn, I think, for all of us. It was really disappointing to see. You know, Ailey Barber, who I think is a top, top journalist, and other journalists like Connie McLaughlin and others come out um, and their disbelief to just the, the culture that still exists. I mean, this is a, an award ceremony that I think 20, 25 years ago women actually couldn't attend. And still at this point in time, we don't seem to have moved on 
Um, the organisers, I thought the, the apology was a bit powder puff. Um, you need to talk to the people that felt offended and look at the people that brought in the speaker, um, Bill Copeland, and see how this can be fixed moving forward. And I think I'm just spot on there and take it as a moment where to learn from and move on from it. Because if we don't learn from it, it's just going to, the same mistakes are going to be repeated. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredibly disappointing. It's, it's hard to believe that this stuff sort of goes on. And, you know, not only does it go on, but people think well, this is some sort of, this is a good idea. You know, whoever booked that Bill Copeland, I mean, it's not as if they didn't know what they were getting. It sounds like he's been doing this for years. He's got form. Um, so I'm not sure who's booked him. Uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's obviously, it's it's badness, it's, you know, the sexism and, you know, well, alleged sexism, alleged racism, whatever we said, we don't really know yet, but um, it, it it makes us, it makes us all look very small, you know, we've, there's a there's a team in a European final, you know, Ange's taking Celtic to new heights, um, we're signing players from all over the world, we've got media attention from all over the world. But so Alex Ferguson was at the event too, aye, you know, big figures I mean, there too. And I, I, I don't know what moron decided to, I mean, book this guy. I mean, t- to my knowledge, it's only him, but I mean, there could have been other speakers. I'm not entirely sure what was said, who was there, what's happened. But uh, Bill Copeland is, is the one that's been named. Um, but it sounds like the whole night was a bit of a disaster. Um, it's As as I've said, it's a time to, to sort of reflect and review what's acceptable, what goes on in the game, um, what goes on in society, really, because... Guys with these views should be nowhere near football, never mind uh, being hired as after-dinner speakers, because it's just not acceptable, really. No, it's not acceptable. One bit, um, I think, was also reference to, to Japanese people, which, again, is totally unacceptable. And one of the people actually up for one of the awards had made reference to, to Japanese people um, and comments. Their growth manager, which was disappointing, and nothing seemed to have come of that months ago. Um, but, you know, on the awards, Ange, again, you won Sportswriters uh, Manager of the Year. Um, and Jared, to come to you in this one, you know, he said it was hugely humbling. Took a lot of pride in it. It's received on behalf of a group of people who have worked awfully hard to create something special. But a wee bit of tongue-in-cheek, he says he um, was disappointed, I think, that he didn't get the award that he was favourite for. That was the award to be sacked for Christmas. Um all these awards, you know, I don't think Andrew make too much a fuss about them. But just <coughs> the common, I think it's five now. Um, Manager of the Month's awards. Uh, Celtic may need to build on an extension to Lennox too if he keeps winning these awards to to hold them all in. But you know, he's been absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, another award for Andrew Postecoglou. You must be delighted for him to get that. Like all Celtic supporters are. It's not just Andrew. Like, let's you guys touched on it earlier, but like. I love the fact that when Andrew, whenever he wins an award, he always accepts it and he has his whole coaching staff behind him. Like, you look at the turnaround job, like Stevie Woods has been on fire for the last few years with his goalkeepers, the work he does. You've got the turnaround in Kennedy and Strachan. I haven't seen a single meme on, on Strachan's laptop this season. Like, there's no talk about any of that. So the fact of the matter is people were talking about Ange coming in and not bringing anyone in with him and then... He's come in, he's done this, everyone's got on board and off they go and they're working well. <coughs> Sorry about that. And, um, yeah, like I'm happy for him. He's doing well and um, winning these awards is just, just deserves for all the hard work he's done this season. So good on him. 
Yeah, absolutely good on him. Um, and Patrick, not sacked by Christmas. Of course he's not been sacked by Christmas. He was winning the League Cup at Christmas and sitting back with a malt whiskey. You know, there was no chance of that. And he's going to have a, a good summer. He's going to, you know, probably add to the squad. He, he spoke today. His presser was today. He spoke about Jota and CCV. So he's working away in the background. I also thought it was interesting that he said, Patrick, in his comments that he didn't want to unsettle the players, which is, you know, I think, important to, to mention that you don't want too much contract talks going on with these guys. And hopefully for Vickers and Jota, they feel as if they're from the home at Celtic Park and scenes like at the end on Saturday. You want more of that, surely, as a footballer, that you've got a home team, you've got fans that absolutely adore and love you, playing under a manager who you've philosophy you've bought into, and it's only going to get better under. Yeah, yeah, certainly hope so. I mean, I thought it was a bit... It's not something I've seen done before. You know, the Sky reporter asked Jota about the contract situation. It's, it's usually something that happens in press conferences, not in post-match interviews, um, but... You know, hopefully these things just sort of take care of themselves um, after the final game of the season uh, during the summer because I think Ange, on his contract, you know, I think he's quite happy. Um, Jared don't know better than me, but I think he tends to spend like three or four years at a club and move on and he seems to be happy at Celtic. He seems to be happy with his current contract. Um, so if we can get four years out of him, I'll be absolutely delighted. Um, but on, on Jota and CCV, I can see... Carter Vickers staying um, the way Jota has been uh, celebrating with the fans the last couple of weeks I can see him staying as well I certainly hope he's staying um, we know that we're going to get 35 million Champions League money if it's true that we're going to invest it in the squad then I think those should be our first two signs definitely um, and uh, I think you know Jota there's been a bit of a, a wavering in the, since the turn of the year because his form wasn't what it was in the first part of the season but um, I think, you know, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a player that good for for six million or less. Um, so I think we just need to, we need to sign him up, and then you know look all over the world to try and improve the squad in in other areas. Um, probably starting my left back. Yeah, Jared, to come to you in this point, he said today, you know, they're still in stage one in terms of transfers. Have to get the squad stronger for what's ahead. In terms of the squad, um, what would be the positions you'd be? We're looking at if you were anxious to, and um, I think we're all got complete confidence in him getting the right players in to to pick the positions. But watching as a fan, like we are, um, what would be the positions you would quite fancy being strengthened going forward in terms of the squad? I think there's realistically four positions that we need to strengthen. We need like Taylor's good enough to be a domestic left back, but we need a Uranovic type at left back who's a European quality left back. So I want someone who can start in the Champions League at left-back and then if Taylor has to play in the league or whatever, fine. That's priority number one. Number two is we need a left, left-sided centre-back so we don't have to play. Starfelt's pretty much one foot. He's playing out of position. Realistically, he's a, he's a right centre-back playing left centre-back. If we could get another Japanese centre-back called Koei Takura, who's playing at Schalke at the moment, who's for, at Man City, I think he's had a contract at the end of the season. He, I've seen him play in the Japanese national team and that had complete that Japanese spine up the team there. I think he'd be a perfect player there. Um, then out, I reckon we need a right winger because Forrest hasn't really done much for a couple of years. So if we keep Jota, great. But then we still need someone there because more likely Karamoko is going to leave. Forrest hasn't done much. So we need a bit of depth there as well. It doesn't have to be a starter, but... We do need someone there. 
So they're probably my three. And then the fourth one is if Bitton moves on, we need a big, burly number six in the Wanyama sort of mould so that Kalmak can play a bit more eight if need be to free him up. Because I like him as a six, but I also think in Europe, I'd rather have someone else there and we can push Kalmak into a bit further forward. Even though early on I said that's it, a Gucci spot, we may have already identified that. I don't know. It could be either Gucci. It could be we need someone else there. That's not the most important thing for me, but that is the fourth spot, if anything. Patrick, what's your thoughts on those ones? I think, you know, that, that last point there, Brendan Rodgers had a big emphasis. It's why he brought Olivier and Chaman in that second season to try and play the kind of two controllers, I think it was. He called it with Browning and Chaman at midfield. Um, what's your thoughts on other positions? Um, I would totally agree with that, but I'd add a goalkeeper as well. I think, you know, we've got very little depth in the goalkeeping position. Um, I don't, I, you know, we're, we're basically relying on Joe Hart. And if anyone else was to play there, I, I personally wouldn't trust him at all. Um, I don't think Bain or Barkas is good enough. And after that, you're looking at guys, I mean, Hazard, I think, has made six senior appearances and the rest of them have never played for Celtic. So I'd be looking to move several goalkeepers on and try and bring one in. To try and uh, compete with compete with Joe Hart, but apart from that, that, I agree totally with what Jared is saying. On that, I was quickly jump in. Toby Olawayemi is one that's been earmarked to take over for Joe Hart long term. That is obvious, and with Stevie Woods developing him, he is that's the future. So, I'm I cannot stand. I don't like Bain. I think he's a third stringer. He shouldn't be a backup. Barkas has gone. Bain needs to replace. I agree with what you're saying but I don't want to block that pathway for Oluwayemi to come through to take over for Joe Hart, whether it's in two years' time or three years' time, and be ready to go. Because what we need to do as a club, and this is something we've spoken about in our pod, is we need to be more like the, the Leipzigs and the Salzburgs and the Ajaxes where they have their player, but then they have their replacement already at the club developing for a year or two. Then someone moves on and then the next guy steps up and then you recruit their, their replacement that conveyor belt, that's the sort of club we are, knowing in terms of there's no TV money in Scotland. That's what we're going to make our money on our on our player trading model, which we do. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Oluwai Emi, to me, is the guy to replace Joe Hart long-term. I think that's a fair point um, on that because, again, I also feel very sorry um, for some of these guys that are playing the Celtic B team. Patrick, you and I took in the the, the game at Celtic Park against Rangers. Um, the, the standard of the league isn't the best. Celtic haven't won the league. One of goals, of course, winners of that league. But I think that the step up from Lowland League to the the Premiership, you know, is night and day. 
Um, and I think some of these guys that have been chasing see Miller maybe even Toby might go out and loan somewhere else um, to, to try and get that bit of game time. Obviously, Hazard's over in Helsinki doings out and loan just now. Um, but, you know, it's a good point that, Jared, that you don't want to block pass by bringing in somebody. Um, I see that Hubs are actually going for, for David Marshall. Sorry to steer away here, Patty. This is a bit of a, a strange one, considering that Hubs do not have a manager at this point in time. And, you know, I've spoke on here before, Ron Gordon, um, in an interview recently, spoke about his son heading a committee that, that picks players at Hubs. Bit of a weird one, but a decent enough signing that for Hubs. And it'd be quite nice to see Big Marshall back up in the league. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of going a similar route with Peter Lowell's son. Uh, no, but he's actually actually quite experienced in that role. Um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to, to see what he can do, actually, because, you know, if it was if it was any other last name, I think we'd all be dead excited getting someone from the City group. It's just that the sort of Lowell connection, sort of, you feel as if it's a sort of family dynasty like the 90s. But, uh, no, I'm excited to see what Mark Lowell can do. And as you say, it'll nice, be nice to see David Marshall uh, come back up. Could see that maybe being his last team because I think he is getting on a bit now. Um, but aye, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I think I, I'm looking for. I'd like to see Toby get a game. Uh, Toby is it Olawayemi? I, I not confident at all pronouncing that last name. But you know, if I, I'd like to see him even maybe start against Motherwell last game of the season because if he's going to replace Joe Hart, I think Joe Hart's got two years left. Um, I can't see him playing every game in that final year, so I'd like to see Toby start to come into the into the squad a wee bit if that is the the natural successor. Um, but yeah, as you say, it'd be interesting to see what Hibs do without a manager. Joe Hart is only thirty five. I was just checking that up there, um, and he's just turned thirty five there. So you know, he could for five years. You never know what he could get out of Joe Hart. I think he's been really, really important to Celtic come in, and again, it might even become. A case where in those later parts of his contract, Patrick, if um, you know, all of Miami maybe doesn't work out or whatever else you do bring in, somebody in Hart goes to second choice to whoever that may be. But um, I definitely agree with Jared on that it's not a position I'd be too worried about not getting, even though I am in agreement with you, Patrick, that if Hart was to go out the team, would I be completely comfortable going into the next season, especially Champions League or whatever? You know, playing all of Miami, who's very young, or being Barkas doing Hazard who I all think are likely to leave the club especially Barkas because his wages will be you don't come to Celtic for 5 million quid and not being a decent wage so really interested to see what happens in that department um, Jared it's you know quite fitting that Tannadice could be the, the, the scene for us to win our 50 second title it's where we relinquished um, our league um, last season after a really poor draw um, it was a Sunday I remember the day quite well Celtic really really poor on the day John Kennedy in charge of the club you knew it was going to happen eventually um, but it'd be quite nice to go up there of course the last time we won the title up there was the title for Tommy 2008 um, we are champions in waiting just now it's surely no big changes to the side going up there and I've had a pretty decent record going up to Tanadice this season 2 3-0 victories yeah for me it's just go up there play your strongest team do anything to pick up a point or better you don't want to limp over the line. For me, I want to win both of the two remaining games. But, yeah, it's got to go up there, go up there, get the job done. I reckon same team from the weekend. And, yeah, someone in the comments said put five past Egrist and then sign him on the cheap. Yeah, why not? That fixes both their problems. 
we win the league and we get a we get another goalkeeper as a backup option. There you go, happy days. Yeah, that may be an idea. Um, Big Seagus would have been the worst this time as part. I think you're probably the more confident with him in goals and some of the other guys that we've spoken about. Um, a couple of saves at the weekend, it's the Ibrooks. But, Patrick, there should be no changes going into this game. It's just about playing our football. You know, Angie's emphasised the point that you can either get to the end of the finishing line absolutely bursting through um, the line or just, you know, kind of dragging yourself there. But, you know, I think we'd certainly like us to be full pelt going at the very end of this marathon bursting through uh, the finish line. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it is quite fitting that you know, we, we win it, we'll hopefully win it uh, in the place that we lost it. You know, I think last season we lost it in the 7th of March. That was exactly one year on from the 5 nothing against St Murn, which was the last game of the previous season. This season, we're going to win it at the place that we lost it. So everything sort of ties in very nicely. You know, I think I've said to you, it's very 2008 this, uh, you know, Rangers in the European final, us winning the league at Tanadice in a midweek night. Um, I hope it ends up in the same way. Uh, to be honest, we win the league, they, they, they lose the final. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing Celtic play. I'm a bit gutted at the season's ending, really, because you only get to see Ange Ball twice until, I mean, whenever the pre season Austrian tour starts in the middle of July or something. So uh, I'm a bit disappointed, but also looking forward to it because I think, I think we will win both games. I think the mentality of the players. You know, Angie's drilled it into them. They will try and play their best stuff for the remaining 180 minutes. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And I'm, I, I'm in agreement with you. It's going to be a bit strange, even though we don't want qualifiers. It's quite nice we end up coming back early and playing competitive games. But we don't have that luxury because we're going to be heading straight into the Champions League. We're going to be dining at the, the top table next season. European football will have. That music blaring um, and that those famous hopefully nights coming back to Celtic Park. Um, Jared, it's you know we've announced that we're going to be going to to Austria pre-season. I think we're going to be playing a game in Czech Republic too. Um, decently pre-season lined up, but of course Celtic are going to be heading over um, to Australia when the, the next break comes, just before the World Cup. Will you be heading along to see the hoops? Absolutely, I already got my tickets. Just waiting on uh, yeah to find out what the heck's going on. So. <laughs> who we're playing, like, I've heard all sorts of rumours. I was originally going to be into Milan. Now there's also talk of AC Milan. There's talk of bringing in one of the A-League clubs as another one. And I'm like, I really don't care who we're playing. I'm, I just want to see Celtic play. Like, I haven't seen them play live since last time I had it in 2011. So for me, long time between drinks and, oh, it was so different seeing them in the flesh instead of on that TV behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really different experience in 2011. It's a, it's a long, long time. Um, Neil Lennon's team that went out there, remember yeah. that tour pretty well, actually, watching it in uh, the laptop and Celtic TV. Maybe not exactly through Celtic TV. An 11-year-old finding out who used to watch football. Um, I think that was the same season as Braga, which I remember uh, quite well. Um, disappointing um, that season, but again... Want to win the league that year uh, after it after that turn and a serious hope for that's another good indication of where we'll be at next season. And um, what what is the atmosphere like myself to come to town? Because again, it's going to be completely different this year as you're going to have Ange Postecoglou in charge, and I imagine it'll be quite a kind of carnival atmosphere. Even though Celtic probably won't be at their full complement, it's still going to be good for the the Aussie Celtic fans and even 
anyone from around that part of the world um, to, to see the hoops live again? Well, last time it was strange because they were playing against three A-League clubs, but there wasn't really the link to to Australia at, like in terms of players or the manager. Like Playing against Central Coast was when Tom Rogic was spotted by the club and then that was the start of him coming over. But after Scotty McDonald had left, there was no actual link between players or managers currently at the club. So to have them come out this like later this year and you've got the managers in Australian, you've got Rogic there, hopefully, hopefully he's still there, and it's like, well, it's going to be different. It's going to be a festival. It's going to be a party and we're going to be very, very drunk and have a good sing-song and party up and then go and, you know, watch the boys play again and oh, I'm going to be a mess for about a week afterwards, but totally worth it. Good stuff. I'm glad to hear that. Um, you know, that's, that's been packing there off every week, so yeah, I'll I'm be glad up there you guys are. Stuff for me podcast too, so don't worry, we'll be around. Good stuff. Um if Patrick eventually wins the lottery, maybe we'll jump over because I think he's kind of do me, something like that. So we'll maybe jump over for them. <laughs> um, I was trying to get him to come to check the public buffet, but he's not having it. You know, he's, he's he's not having it. I think he's wanting to save up for the Champions League tips, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Patrick, it's two games to go. It's been an absolute, you know, chaotic roller coaster this season. We've went from, you know, the doing at home to West uh, Ham and the friendly where you were really scratching your head and thinking, oh dear. Um, and then the disappointment of the opening game at Hearts, not getting, I think it was we lost three out of the first six or whatever it was. Get that big one up at Pataudry and then ever since then we've been absolutely unstoppable. Played some really top teams in European football, you know, Leverkusen, Betis, Betis, Copa del Rey winners. Got that League Cup in the bag. Um, it's very hard. I'm not even going to ask you to pick a, a moment of the season, but it's going to be quite nice you know, by the time we are, we're on next week, it's all going to be over and done with. But I've lifted the league championship high, and already we'll be thinking about next season. But it's been it's been an absolute pleasure this season, hasn't it? It has, and you know you're saying there about not asking me to pick one moment. Um, I don't think you could, honestly. Um, I think every game's felt so important at every stage. Um, you know, I think maybe Betis at home is probably the only unimportant game, but even then. Um, we, we put on a show and we, we beat them 3-2. Um, every single game has felt so, so important. Um, even even tomorrow night will feel important because we still need to get it wrapped up technically. Um, I, I, I think it suited us to, to chase um, in the start of the season, uh, personally. I think if we were to take an early lead, I'm not sure how the season would have went. I think it suited us that we had to win every game to sort of stay in touch. Um, and I think it's made for a brilliant season. Uh, honestly, um, I would agree with Jared. It's one of the best seasons following Celtic I've ever had. I think that's obviously largely to do with the crowds not been in last season. You've sort of you've got that excitement to get back in, bit of a wobble at the start, and then you really hit form. Um, if I was to pick a moment of the season, I would have to say Jota at uh, Aberdeen because I think that really changed something uh, mentality wise. We we won an away game for the first time in so long, and we really hit the ground running after that. So. Jota Aberdeen if I was to pick something. Yeah, that's probably where I would actually pinpoint um, a really good day out up there. Jared, what was your thoughts on that? I don't want to ask you for a moment of the season so far. Um, I know Celtic have had other award ceremonies, goals of the season, etc. But I'm in agreement with that one with Patrick. I thought that was a real mentality shift and it was the first time we saw Ange hulking up um, 
I imagine tomorrow night and on Saturday will be hulking up again and giving it as usual. You know, but um, any moments of the season that stand out for you? I've got two moments that have nothing to do with what's happened on the pitch, which were big. Okay, the first one was got nothing to do with it. Was after an away game in Europe. I can't remember who it was. I think it was after we got knocked out of the Champions League. Ange got asked in the presser, "Who's um like about the recruitment and everything?" Goes, I think the was people this, aren't really. Was this the one that was in the airport or something? Yeah, I think and so. There was no, yeah, I know. What yeah, and he's like people. I think people aren't understanding how urgent we need to get players in or what I'm asking for. That pretty much showed that he wasn't going to be a yes man to the club or to the board. So to me, that was a massive moment. And the other massive massive moment I want to shout out, it's got nothing to do with the men's team. It's about the women's team winning that cup earlier in the season and being into another final. Like I love seeing that the men are doing well, but at the same time, we credit where it's due. The women's team under Fran Alonso are doing really well. Their chance of winning two cups this season and good look good on them because it shows that as a club overall, it's not just one team doing well. It's the overall club. So they're two big things for me that I want to point out. What's happened on the pitch, there's been there's too many options for me to say what's the most important or the best. So I'll point out those two because yeah, I just for me they're the first ones that popped into my head. I think that's a, a pretty fair estimation. Again, you know, the, the women's team also got to play at Celtic Park with a crowd, which again I thought was a, a real big moment in terms of the whole culture and women's football. Um, Ange Postacoglu, certainly not sacked by Christmas. He's Scotland's manager of the year um, and it's only going to get better from here. He is bringing on back the good teams at Celtic Park. Um, Patrick, thank you for joining me as always. Jared, it's been lovely having you on. You're more than welcome to join Myself with Patrick, any Wednesday, um, any Wednesday, Tuesday you like, but I'm t- too excited for tomorrow night. I've got Wednesday in my mind. Um, yeah, bringing on back the good times under Ange Postacoglu. He is going to be the champion of Scotland and he's only just getting started. Thank you to everybody for joining us on this uh, Tuesday bulletin of a Celtic state of mind. I hope you have a terrific Wednesday. I hope um, you can sit back tomorrow night with a wee drink, with a smile on your face and uh, cheers to the champions. Thank you for joining us in a Celtic state of mind um, for all the comments and to you both guys, thank you very much for joining me. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text Easy to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.